On today's episode of Tell Me What You Know, we're talking about prisons. We'll journey inside some of the most violent and most impenetrable prisons, talk a little bit about incarceration rates around the world, and learn about different jobs prisoners have. There's a prisoner-run golf course in Louisiana, for example. We'll wrap the show up with a selection of prison weapons that grabbed our attention. This is Tell Me What You Know. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Tell Me What You Know. Today is Thursday, August 6th. This is episode 15 of season two of Tell Me What You Know. Back in the office, back recording live in the studio together. Feels good. Does feel good. Yeah. We have been speaking over the last three, well, I've been feeling it for about three weeks. We talked about it for the last few days, but uh, we are looking to change up the format of the show a little bit. So before we start today's episode, we're going kind of to kind of give you a rundown of what we are looking to do moving forward. Um, talking about recent shows, and maybe part of it was me not being in studio, so it felt weird, but it's just having these two topics that we each research independently doesn't or at least hasn't led to a lot of uh, dialogue or conversation it's been a lot of just me telling you about porn and you telling me about uh, I, was, what, I like that upset. whatever topic you're talking about see I can't remember <laughs> what you're talking about so what we've decided to do is to eliminate one topic per show which would make it be one topic per show basically. yeah so but uh, we both know it going in correct and we can both research it we're gonna start this week uh, so each each week we will have just one topic that we've both researched and instead of you listening you all out there listening to us just talk about like I guess tell each other random facts about things we now get to argue about these random facts yeah about random things uh, so the format might be a little bit all over the place as we get this going it's going to be an evolving process um, we're going to start the shows off with a little uh, one thing I learned though yeah so Michael what have you learned this week so I learned about this, uh, I guess you'd call it a, it's a It's a scientific law. Okay. It's a mathematical law. It's called Benford's Law. Do you know, you know about this? No. Okay. So Benford's Sorry, Law. I was drinking water. <clears throat> Benford's Law states that the leading digits in a collection of data, the lead, so the first number in in collection of data. So say you have all of the stock all the prices from the stock market okay the leading digit is most likely going to be a one okay okay so basically it's just saying take all these numbers add up how many times a one occurs as, as the first digit a two occurs as the first digit a three occurs as the first digit all the way through nine so based upon just like logic you should say that the uh the first digit should just be totally random, right? Like there are nine digits. Why should it? Why should the first digit matter, right? So if that's the case, then every digit should occur about a, a little more than eleven percent, eleven point one percent. But it's not. It doesn't. Right. So, so it's 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 yeah. It's one through nine. Uh, but it it doesn't occur like that uh-huh. when you actually start looking at what's going on in nature. It's weird. So. A one occurs 30% of the time. And there's real-world uses of this. I'll get into it. But uh, there are real-world uses of this. So one occurs 30% of the time. Two, but like about stock 17% of the be, time. Sorry. Go ahead. But that wouldn't be natural, though, right? That's influenced by something. It. Do, what's interesting about this is it, it, it can be fudged, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter. As long as it's random, 
they've it it plays out that if according to Benford's law, okay, lower digits occur more frequently than higher digits. It gets all the way down to nine occurring like a little less than five percent, eight around five percent. But anyways, like the first one, two, and three, uh, thirty percent, seventeen percent, and then about twelve and a half percent, and then four is about ten percent. Okay. So anyways, um, like this this is used in like it could be income data, could be um, river drainage rates. I mean, anywhere you look in nature, you add up all you you look at all the numbers randomly, and according to Benford's law, this should play out this way you should find one about 30 percent of the time but so how they started using this yeah what does it all mean basil so nobody actually knows why this is why this happens okay um but one way that people have started to use it is that you can find ways that people are cheating things because they found that um when benford's law isn't playing out or is fudged enough it actually is more indicative that that somebody is manipulating the data. Okay. So one way they wanted to say is that, say you have a, um, say you have a, an image and you want to make sure that this is, this image hasn't been manipulated, hasn't been Photoshopped. When you compress images down more and more, they become, uh, they, they don't follow Benford's law closer and closer. So like the more you compress it, the more you've manipulated it, the more, uh, the, the numbers, like the, say you assigned a pixel each number mm-hmm. and that pixel was related to like some color or something. Okay. <laughs> and then you added up all these numbers. Uh, you could tell that the picture was fake based upon... So a lot of this gets into pe- like people trying to say, well, now with like deep fakes coming up, it's going to be so good you're not going to be able to tell that it's, it's fake, mm. uh, that something could be manipulated. But... Using Benford's law, we can we can look at the picture and right. say like, no, it's fake because we've when we convert it into digits, it doesn't follow Benford's law, which means it's ninety eight percent of the time this is a fake picture. Okay, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I, I will let somebody way smarter than me figure out how to turn an image into digits. But well, I mean, it's just it, you could just look at it from what the like the bits of an image are. Yeah, right. So like each pixel is assigned something, and you can. Add them up. And you just assign it randomly to them. You don't. It's not necessarily random. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just that like each, you know, each um, little pixel color would re- equate with a number, right? And then you could do this mathematical formula on the, the the data of that picture, okay, or the video or whatever. But this it it holds true for like it, it could hold true for like your taxes, yeah, right. So it's like if you manipulated how much money you made. Like all the different inputs you made and like say you were just like randomly assigning uh like you were laundering money so you're just making it up mm-hmm. you, you might not choose well, i will now you might not know you would have to you would have to make sure that the random digits you chose followed benford's law right kind of crazy just so crazy crazy well, might work it makes you it makes you think that there's that it the world is just way weirder like than we can even like imagine yeah something else is going on that some that's somehow controlling these numbers uh-huh that we yeah. just don't even understand anyways i, I learned about benford's or it's law. big time coincidence it's not coincidence if it's spread across all these different correlation data does points. not equal causation michael it's not saying that it's uh-huh. saying that 
it's it it does it's not saying what the cause is. It's saying that this is a uh, objective theory fact. <laughs> okay. That no, I mean, yeah. You go. I mean, go. Yeah, I have to go read about it. You could go go. You could go to the newspaper, uh-huh. go through every article, yeah. and find every number. Okay. Pull that out. Put them on a board. And run this statistical analysis to find out how many times one is the start of each number, and uh-huh. it will follow Benford's law. If the if the if the data is random enough, I wonder if that changes as societies progress, though. No, it's not changing. So, so the way this so the way this was uh, like figured out was actually, or like it was first postulated that this was that something weird was going on mm-hmm. because they uh, I forget where was this? It was the uh, observatory. In DC, like the Naval Observatory, yeah. somebody was using like like a, like a lookup table, okay. and they were noticing that the the digits towards the latter half of the book never got flipped to, whereas the pages earlier in the book were like overused, mm-hmm. and so it was just saying like, look, random, randomly people would be looking up digits of eights and nines. Why does everyone just look up ones a lot? Twos a little less frequently. Threes a little less frequently. This is odd. And then it, because you would just like if if all numbers were random, you would just think that all the digits would be randomly occurring. Yes, but it's not. Well, I admittedly don't understand it enough, but I still have questions, so I'll go read about it. Go. I have my own theories as to why this happens, just from my limited knowledge here. It's it's crazy. It really is nuts. It's because we put prices on everything, and this and the income one. It makes sense because you either make like. I feel like the lower, whatever, we'll get it. But like river, river drainage rates. I don't know what that means though. <laughs> like how long would it take a river to drain? Like how long, <laughs> like if, if, a, if a river becomes uh-huh. overfloated after, after a rainstorm, yeah. Yeah. How, how long does it take to get back to uh-huh. normal? Something like that. It doesn't matter where you get the data. Okay. I'm going to look it up. Look it up. Figure it out. I'll report back. What did you learn? I did not. I did not <laughs> learn that. I don't think I'll ever be able to learn that. That's way above my pay grade. Uh, one thing I learned is that there was a study done uh, on performance as it relates to uh, asthma drugs. Asthma drugs. Asthma drugs. Okay. Asthma drugs. Mm-hmm. So there was a study done in the UK. Uh, about the benefits that are delivered from asthma drugs when they're taken by athletes who don't have asthma. Okay. So asthma drugs, they're B agonists, right? So what they do is they, they dilate the, it's like a bronchodilator, right? So bronchial dilator. Anyway, it, it opens up your airwaves. You get more oxygen, all that kind of stuff, right? And so and they looked back over uh, like competitions in the Olympics and people that are you know approved for having asthma drugs, they typically outperform those who don't use them. Uh, and so they started looking at, they did this study where they had a bunch of, you know, just common Joe, normal Joe moron schlubs to elite athletes. And they did all these random randomized trials where they gave them these, be- these beta agonists and these beta two agonists. And they found that the uh, beta agonists that are approved by the anti-doping association, the, the world anti-doping association didn't really give that much of an advantage, but the ones that were not approved. So if you don't have asthma and you're taking these, you'd be on the banned list basically gave people about a 5% overall advantage. So like in the 70 meter dash, it was a 3%. It was an average advantage okay. basically. So, uh, basically it's just saying like, yeah, these, you need to be watching out for these asthma drugs, which I guess is doesn't, it's not that 
uh, counterintuitive? I mean, it's pretty intuitive. I feel like if you're getting more oxygen and that kind of stuff, then you're going to perform better. Maybe. Maybe. It actually, I've, I, as I was saying, I read, I was reading that breathing book, uh-huh. um, and like, there's a lot of actually, um, it, it is counterintuitive about the oxygen mm. aspect of like cardiovascular performance. Yeah. Uh, that like carbon dioxide actually has like a large factor in it. Um, and oftentimes that feeling that you're not getting enough air, like that, even that feeling that people experience when they have asthma, right. Uh, could, can be just a little bit over anxiety over is like too much anxiety that you're not having enough oxygen when you have plenty. Okay. But you, you're, it's just like, it's kind of like your mind can't make sense of the, the anxiety, that anxious feeling you get when it kind of starts feeling like it, it doesn't have air. Mm. Um, and like actually a lot of, um, it, it goes back to like people wanting to breathe through their mouth, thinking that they can get more oxygen through their right. mouth. But right, right, right. That's not the case. It is for me. <laughs> it, it, okay. <laughs> I'm an anomaly. It's because I have a permanently stopped up nostril. But so the asthma drugs are basically just like steroids. Right, like it's a steroid that opens up, like causes that inflammation, and or like the it the opposite of inflammation. Yeah, deflammation. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's a steroid. I don't know what a beta agonist is, other than it's like it's the opposite of a beta blocker, which is more for like blood pressure stuff. I feel like. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. So we learned a lot. Now we're off to a hot start. Let's talk about some prisons. <laughs> let's get let's get hot. Jumping into prisons. Tell me what you know about prisons. <clears throat> it's someplace I don't want to go. Yeah. Honestly, I think of all the, the fears I have in life, it would be just making a mistake that might might just be a mistake. Like you make something like, oh, you were driving and there, you, it would be your fault, but like you could end up in prison. Uh-huh. Like, oh, I was driving down the road and I was looking at my phone yeah. and a pedestrian walks in front and I killed him. It's I'm pretty going easy to, to avoid go. that. It is easy to avoid, but there are sometimes some ways that maybe it happens where you can't necessarily prove it. I'm just saying. Why <laughs> say so your biggest fear is being falsely accused of a crime and going to prison? That would be absolutely horrible, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, for sure. But how often does that well, happen? I just mean we should have looked that up. Well, I just mean after researching some about prisons, yeah. depending on the prison you go to, uh-huh. the prison could be way worse than the crime than the crime you committed. Even sure. though the crime you committed, you knew you would go to jail for it. Right. I just mean some prisons are really bad. Yeah, I mean stick to embezzlement, basically. Any white collar crime. Yeah. Hey, I'll hang out with Martha Stewart. Yeah. Whatever I need at to do. At a country club prison somewhere. Yeah. As long as I'm doing, I guess, crimes in that territory. Yeah. I, I'm just not going to do crimes. That's a good idea. To just not, but, but. No crimes. I don't want to go to jail. You don't get caught as a crime, <laughs> though. <laughs> oh, I was reading some horrible, like, rape stories. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't, don't want to go into that. All right. <laughs> uh, everybody <laughs> knows what a prison is. It's a place where inmates are forcibly confined and therefore denied a variety of freedoms. You do a crime, you do the time, basically. That's right. Do you know the difference between prison and jail? Yeah, so and we both look at the same thing, right? <laughs> like a jail is like short term. Right. It's like you're waiting trial. Yeah. Or typically it's like less city, than a year. City's jurisdiction rather yeah. than federal or state. And then a prison's like your more long term stays. Right. Like all right, you gotta go serve your eighteen months, your you know, five years. Yeah, I think jail you're you either awaiting trial or sentencing a lot of times. Did you see though if they they don't have like high security jails? I think it's just like the jail. I could be wrong about that. Yeah, I mean I think if you need to be like in maximum security, you're probably gonna be in prison already. I don't know. Well you think that's like like Epstein, right? Like yeah. I know there's a lot of 
controversy around that, but I just mean yeah, he would have been somebody that I think they would have kept in. Um, you know, I, he was on Suicide Watch. Yeah. So I, I'm assuming that would have been a higher uh, security holding facility. <laughs> sure. I don't know. That's a bad, I think that's an assumption everybody had. That's what I would have thought. Which is why there's so much conspiracy Anyways, around it. Yeah, jails and prisons. Jails and prisons. Uh, where's Where's Jelaine Maxwell right now? <laughs> she needs to just have. Uh, she needs to take like a page out of out of Twitch's like uh, website book and like just have a live camera on her at all times. Like she just has to, like stream constantly for 24 hours a day, seven days a right, week. Right, right. That's that's like, that's your punishment. We get to watch you all the time. Well, that and nobody can kill her. That's what yeah. I mean more than anything. <laughs> Good point, Michael. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Just have like cameras on her and on her cell at all times. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so we talk about prisons versus jails. I looked at some different types of prisons. So you got like juvenile prisons, obviously. Okay. Yeah, I didn't that look into that. Of, uh, they're not adults, technically. Mm-hmm. Um, minimum security. So this is what we were talking about earlier. This is where if you had to go to prison, it's where you want to go. Usually it's a, like a white collar crime. Uh, a lot fewer I guess stri- uh, restrictions on your freedoms and that kind of stuff. Nonviolent like, people. Typically not super armed guards, like yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? You didn't pay your taxes for a really long time. Yeah. Or you have a ton of money and you didn't. Or you stole a lot of money from or you people. you stole a lot of money. But you didn't do it in a violent way. Correct. You yeah. fooled them. Yeah. <laughs> Some would say that's just capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on your point of view. Um, then medium security, which I think makes up the majority of the prisons where you see like in the cage style cells and there's armed guards and they're more of a regimented daily routine. Mm-hmm. And then obviously maximum security where it's reserved for the most violent and dangerous offenders. Um, way fewer freedoms, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of solitary confinement type stuff, uh, tons of just security measures, keeping people in and people out as well. Yeah. We'll talk about one. Yeah, which is uh, another big for sure. Big aspect to it is keeping people out. Yep. Then you got uh psychiatric prisons obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh women's prisons I looked up as well. They saw the need for those, I guess. Orange uh, is the new black. Orange is the new black. Good yeah. show. And yeah. then military prisons. Mhm. As well. Yes. The brig. <laughs> yes. Oh, another type of prison is the gulag. <laughs> <laughs> Love the gulag as I, well. I looked up a couple of uh interesting vocab Okay. Well, actually, I'll, I'll, since we're kind of on facts still, I'll yeah. stay here. Um, I looked it up that federal prisons have uh, 10.3 prisoners per guard as an average, and state prisons have half that, 4.9 prisoners per guard. That makes sense. Um, maximum security prisons, people, inmate inmates spend two hours outside. That's how much time they get outside. I saw that. It was like 10 hours a week. Maybe maybe. On the weekends, they don't get out at all. At least this is that one specific one uh, that I was looking at, the ADX Florence. Uh-huh. Look up that one. It's like the most secure prison in the world. Hmm. We'll get to that a little bit later on. But yeah, yeah. no, it's definitely a lot of... Uh, you get out in the yard. A little exercise action. Go for a jog in the yard. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's some, some vocab, like some slang. Sure. Uh, I, got, I, I saw a long list, and some of them were just kind of, I don't know. Um, but I chose ones I liked. Uh, a cowboy is a new correctional officer. Cowboy spelled backwards is Yabwak, which which means young, obnoxious bastard we often con. <laughs> oh, that guy's a cowboy. There's like a big reach. Maybe. They have a lot of time in prison, though. Yeah. Get okay. creative. Uh, grandma's. Yeah. Uh, or grandma's house. Uh, prison, prison gang's headquarters or meeting place. 
or the cell of the gang leader. Ah. Uh, in the car is slang for like, are you in on the deal? Okay. Are you in on, on or the plan? Like, are you yeah. in? You yeah. in the car? And uh, wolf tickets. It's uh, to talk tough or challenge others without any intent to back it up with action or violence. As, all, As in, all bark, no uh, he, yeah, he's just selling wolf tickets. I don't know, that, that, that like description, that little <laughs> example means, means nothing to me. What is What are wolf tickets? Well, that's, that's what I mean. Uh, don't worry about it. He's just selling wolf well, tickets. Well, yeah, you said that as if that was like a common thing people say. Well, that was the way, that was the right. example I saw. <laughs> don't worry about him. <laughs> selling wolf tickets. Yeah. Everybody says that. I, I might start using it now. Yeah. Um, Do you look up anything about dangerous prisons? Prisons, I, you see like those shows like Locked Up Abroad, oh, yeah, stuff like that. That's even worse than going to prison here, I feel God, like. that's horrible. You get like, for some reason you say yes to smuggling drugs or something, and then you end up in some prison in, Viet- in Venezuela. That's the one I looked up, the one that's in Venezuela. La Sabaneta? Yeah. It looks horrible. Well, I think it's just pretty much run by the prisoners. Yeah. It's, a, it's supposed to have like a capacity of 15,000, and there's 25,000 plus prisoners there or something like that. Yeah, it's, a, it's like one guard per 150 inmates. You'd have to think there's ways to escape that, though. Don't oh, you think? Maybe they like it there now. Maybe. I have no idea. I just don't feel. I just feel like th- at some point you could probably just slip away. Nobody would even ne- like notice. Yeah, I have no idea. I, I just like I was reading, just tons of violence there. Obviously, when it's one guard per 150 inmates, they have uh, you know it was a shooting. It was a gun battle in the prison in 1994. 108 prisoners died. Jeez. It's just like, it's like the most lawless places you can imagine, yeah. right? And you're packed in with violent people. 10,000 over capacity. <laughs> it's just like, you, these are places you never want to end up. Yeah, it sounds horrible. Yeah. Another one I was looking up was this one in, in Brazil, and I'm, I don't want to like pick on South America here, but those are the two that I picked <laughs> out for sure. The, the Carandiru Penitentiary in, in Brazil is, I say it's one of the, it's, the most violent deadly prison in the world there was a big massacre in 1992 102 inmates were shot dead uh it's also known for like horrible health problems mm-hmm. like in their health wing which i'm sure is used very loosely there one in five inmates has hiv has been diagnosed with hiv yeah just yeah not good stuff i know i was reading about that too just the, the real problems with hiv inside prisons yeah um but also on this list, I mean, bring it back up to North America in terms of the dangerous list, uh-huh. Rikers. It's gone through some reforms, though, I think. I, yes. I think it hasn't gone through all of them before, but, like, it's amazing to me that just, that, like, New York's jail, mm-hmm. it's not even really a prison. Like, you're just not even supposed to be there for very long. Is Weinstein be, there? Uh, wasn't he there? He might have been there for a little while. Yeah. Uh, but, like, if, say you get arrested for something you're not even charged you're not you're charged but you're not convicted mm-hmm. and they send you to rikers it's horrible yeah and you, you you might be there for months if you can't make bail i don't know maybe they're doing really good propaganda because i saw some aerial shots of it It looks nice it's got, it's got, like, <laughs> it's got like like four gyms got like a track and a like like big running track and a uh, really nice like hospital, like mental health place and all this stuff. Maybe, but, I mean, a new coat of paint's not changing the fact the that grass it's horrible. looks great. Really nice grass over there. <laughs> they really seeded it. Yeah. It's got year. a big family center. Oh, right, go just visit get in there and get coronavirus. <laughs> cares yeah, about you. That's not good. Obviously. Um, no, but there was a 16 year old kid who I think he got charged for something like maybe some burglary, like stole a backpack or something. Mm-hmm. 
and he ended up being there for three years, and then they ended up dropping the charges against him. He committed suicide. Jesus. He was like, oh my God, the stories about his life are just horrible yeah. in there. I, yeah. That's what the point of it is. It's like it can force you. It could force somebody who's maybe like on the edge of going down a bat, like a worse path, to then just sending them full on criminal, like just right. getting rid of all of your potential upside around reform or becoming a upstanding citizen. Yeah, and then you just go down this path. It's like I, I'm not even the same person anymore. Right. Well, I th- you know, it's also how do how do you how do you view prisons? Is it a place where you just you take out the people who don't belong in society or is it a place for like rehabilitation and, and like reforming yourself and that kind of thing? Yeah. And I think a lot of these places don't give people a chance to reform. No, no. I think I looked up some ones that were more like prisons from around the world mm-hmm. and some p- prisons in more like the Scandinavian countries they have uh, like Norway has yeah, this like one where it, it, yeah, I mean, it's basically like, going to your grandmother's house who lives really far away yeah, and you're kind of out in the country. Ah. And so you're, you're separated, but like there are no guards. You've got a job and right. like everyone's just kind of takes care of each other in some ways. Like it's a very kumbaya ish, but huh. there's a part of me that thinks it probably gives you the best chance for like rehabilitation. Right. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. It's one thing Bastoy I want to prison. Bastoy. Yeah. It's a minimum security prison. One thing no I just th- I wanted to say about Rikers earlier was that it was that their like stabbings have gone down from like like eighty percent. So that's I think okay. that's one of the things I was thinking of like reform wise in terms of prison reform and that kind of thing. I but, know that De Blasio. I might have been reading articles from like two thousand fourteen, mm-hmm. and I know that it was like a big priority for De Blasio to clean that up. Because yeah. I mean that that should be cleaned up. That's yeah. I mean the number. I don't know the exact numbers. It was like stabbings per year were like twelve hundred, and they're down to like sixty or something now, or seventy. Okay, so, which is yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Well, it's also, there was also a lot of um, stories around like guards pitting inmates against each other, like forcing them to fight. For sure, stuff. like it's horrible. And that's the same as in like San Quentin. I think they said yeah. like uh, you know it's just ton, there are tons of like racial oh yeah problems there. And that was one thing I'd read. Um, like um, I was reading like little paragraph stories from people's experiences in prison, and that was one thing they said. It's like people like to think that racism doesn't exist and. That's not going on, but like in prison, in these places, like that kind of is a uh, is like how everything is organized and divided, and like oh yeah, in terms of the pro- inmates, in terms of the inmates, right. yeah, it's almost like you have to make a choice: do you want to like survive and be there's a, a part of the Aryan Brotherhood, or do you just want to be on your own and not make it? Basically, yeah, basically, uh, or you're like rich, and we can get into a little bit of like the economies and like things that people trade, yeah, but like you're still fighting for your life every day. I think one of my favorite stories from those lockup abroads was some American dude who was like a musician. I don't know, but he like got put into one of these horrible prisons in South America or Asia or something. And, uh, they found out he was a musician. And so he became like the kingpins, like bard basically. Hmm. And we just like play guitar. Like they got him a guitar and he would like play guitar for him. He's like, yeah, by the time I got out of there, I was like carrying a gun on me all the time. Like in the prison. <laughs> it's crazy. He's like a made man. Cause he could play the guitar yeah. really well. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the prisoners have weapons down there in a lot of places. Yeah. They're, they are the armed guards. It's like the prisoners, Keeping everybody else in. Yeah. That's weird. That's nuts. That's Um, wild. One of the specific places I wanted to touch on, I mentioned earlier, was ADX Florence. It's It's a maximum security prison in Colorado. And they say it's like one of the most, if not the most, uh, impenetrable prisons on earth. Uh, but like the prisoners are confined to their cells 23 hours a day. You, it's a seven by 12 foot cell. Everything is made out, made out of concrete in there. Mm Mm-hmm the bed, everything made out of concrete. You have like a four inch window that is slit at a certain angle to where you can't, you can't tell where you are in the building. Like you can only see the sky. 
Mm. Oh my of, god! Out of these windows, you can't even see like a highway in the distance. You can't see a mountain, anything. You have no idea where you are within the building. Um, it's got twelve gun towers around the, the complex. Razor wire, guard dogs, laser beams, like pressure sensors on the floors, motion sensors everywhere. You're not digging out. You're not getting out of this place. Uh, they apparently they have learned that some prisoners did communicate by using like paper towel rolls and speaking into the shower drains or the mm. sink drains, mm. but they don't know who they're talking to. Like you can't even like the walls are so thick. You can't even like knock like through like signals or anything. Right. Right. Through these walls. Wow. But it's been home to like the Unabomber. That's what I was going to ask. Uh, yeah. Terry Nichols, who was the other bomber in Oklahoma city. Mm-hmm. Timothy with, with Timothy McVeigh, the world trade center bombers in 1993, uh, that, asshole boston marathon bomber who's still yep, alive yep his brother's dead did they also send that uh, the aurora shooting shooter out there i uh, have no idea no. probably hopefully yeah i mean these guys are all carrying like multiple life sentences yeah one i thought was uh the dude i can't remember his name now robert hansen maybe who was a fbi agent who was convicted in 2002 of espionage selling tons of just secrets to the soviets and the russians from huh. like 1970s to 1990s oh wow i didn't know that he's out there yeah. So that's like, I guess, technically, is that a nonviolent crime? But he's like serving four, four or five life sentences for being a traitor. Well, so this brings up an interesting question about like jails and that prisons. That might be the wrong name as well, so I apologize about this. Um, is that sometimes the... That's the right name. I sometimes guess. there's a there's an activity, like there's something that you really don't want people to do so that you, you create a consequence, right? Yeah. Like if you sell stuff to the Russians, we're going to put you in our maximum security. Yeah. So it's almost like... Yeah, it's like even though what you did wasn't violent and wasn't necessarily going to like physically harm somebody else in, in that act, maybe yeah. it led to some other not, information out there that the Russians were able to like sure. figure something else out. But um, but yeah, you just need the consequence. You so, set an example, it, right? Yeah, right. You need the consequence so extreme that people wouldn't do it. Yeah, but, I don't know where I fall on like is. <laughs> like is like solitary confinement because it I think it's proven that it messes people up like when you have you, I you, mean, don't, have, you don't have people talking to you for days or weeks at a time oh the, the psychological element like everyone's gonna break but it's like I, that guy who did the Boston Marathon I th- hope he never talks to anybody ever again right like right same <laughs> like I don't really like he he didn't have any uh, respect for human life no and he's a crazy person and what do you want like what did you think was gonna happen and again, you can't just be doing these things and people kind of like, uh, like rehab that guy and put him back into the world. No, he's 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 done. Yeah, he like, I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah for sure. Anyway, you can forgive people, but he's not getting out of his cell. <laughs> yeah, I think he just had his because uh, he was sentenced to death, and they just I think in a plea bargain overturned that somehow to where he's just serving life now. Well, but, I mean that that is a. I don't really care if it's, if if. I don't really care about the death penalty. I don't think it, like if you're in prison for the rest of your life, fine. It's fine with me. Yeah. I mean, I think there's some, uh, arguments against or arguments for, I actually don't know which one's more expensive. If it's keeping somebody alive. So supposedly it's killing, it's the death penalty is more expensive, but it's just because the legal costs of like these cases keep getting appealed. And and Mm -hmm. So it's actually cheaper just to send somebody away for life because you don't have to deal with the constant lawyers trying to get people off death row. Right. That's the way I've I've been told. I did a I had to um, do a like an argument in like a tenth grade political mm-hmm. science class about the death penalty. I think I was. Were you on? I think I was given. I mean, we were both given sides, but I was on 
against it, I believe. I can't remember. In uh, in my, in my high school, yeah, we did a mock trial thing about mm. it. That too, a trial about about the death penalty. Yeah. Um, where I was at a Catholic school, and so obviously it was like very, you know, it, against it. Yeah. Um, but there are just some crimes where I'm like. I don't know. That guy deserves to die. That I think, person like, deserves to die. Like, what if the punishment, I just don't I just think it it's should be over. Would you be for the death penalty more if it was like, okay, let's say somebody's wife gets murdered. The death penalty isn't lethal injection, but you let that wife's husband go in there and, <laughs> and kill that guy. <laughs> that's kind of a messed up thing to think about, but I just feel like that's like vengeance, you know? It's it is it's weird because as you say it and I I feel like anytime I hear like ideas I kind of want to take like some contrarian view to that because I do I as if I was that husband that's what I would want right but um or, there, or like a, a, your mother or something yeah like there but there is a part of me that kind of thinks that the system should protect people from kind of having mm-hmm. that kind of blood on their hands yeah or, I agree with that but um but that person needs to be held accountable yeah and, well, and yeah. pay for their pay for their crime it's unfortunate we all have a different view of what payment retribution means <laughs> <laughs> yeah Anyway, um, what's what else you got? Let's move on to some, uh, you know, prisoners put out a lot of goods. Yeah, I mean, it's it's in America. I mean, this was one shocking statistic that we, I mean, we have the most locked up people in the world. Oh uh, yeah, I did see that. I also I have some. So numbers. of all, like we're the land of the free, both the by, most both by locked up total population and by per capita per one hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. Citizens. So I mean, you kind of think like, I mean, our prison system is driving the, some of the economy like these private prisons they're making stuff they're 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 ch- cheap labor yeah i didn't dive into this as much as i would have liked to um but the whole like private prison thing I, it's, from a stat i saw very briefly it makes up like 0.1 percent of all the prisons or something is that wrong i don't know i didn't see that that like i mean i think for private prisons probably shouldn't exist but um I don't know enough to say enough about it to say that. I just I you hear a lot about for-profit prisons being a big problem, and from what I saw, they're very few. But I I, mean, I could have been wrong on that. Um, eh. we so don't it looks like anyway. it looks like the private prison population reached its peak in 2012 with 137,220 people. Okay, and um, that is a 39 percent increase since 2000. Okay. But I think it's not one percent, but it's closer to maybe like maybe ten to fifteen percent of the yeah of popular of, of the of total prisoners. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe I was looking at like actual how many actual prisons there were or something. That was why it was small. Maybe yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, USA we're number one, six hundred fifty-five inmates per one hundred thousand people, and wow. over two million one hundred thousand prisoners total. Right. And you know what the you know what the lowest the country with the fewest amount of incarcerated people is where. Uh, it's like San Marino, obviously, because it's or not obviously, but that's like a tiny, tiny little country. They have two people in jail. <laughs> <laughs> you know all the criminals in your town. Yeah, in oh, your yeah. country, in your country, you know every single criminal in your country. Doug and Kyle. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> assholes. <laughs> God, put firecrackers in the neighbor's mailbox again. Shouldn't have done that. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you're in prison, you got some like, what kind of jobs can you do? I'm seeing that you can work for food service. You work in a warehouse. You can be a plumber. Painter food service would be like in the kitchen staff there. That's not yes. that's not creating uh, so, good for outside. Correct. World. You could have two jobs. You could be running something at the prison, mm-hmm. like maybe laundry or something, or you could you could be even be an orderly, which mm. sort of is like a 
guard with some duties, right. but like you're still a prisoner, um, groundskeeper of some kind. Uh, and then you'd have maybe a job that uh, would be making something that, that maybe the prison is selling. Yeah. Um, so we'll get into that. Like, so keychains. You make, yeah, you make the keychain with Ashley and all the different names on them. My and uncle went to San Quentin, and all I got was this crappy T-shirt. <laughs> um, so the the pay you get uh, twelve to forty cents an hour. Yeah, not great. Not great at all. Um, so one of the largest sign manufacturing plants. I probably should have made that joke. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> One of the largest sign... Man- Everything stays in. Lar- largest sign manufacturing plants is at Franklin Correctional F- Center. Okay. Uh, a medium security prison east of Raleigh. Okay. Uh, it, it, in the country, it's one of the largest ma- like sign manufacturing plants. They make, they make large... Um, highway signs. Ah, uh, I got So, you. like, I the ones that yeah. might be, like, the size of a house, even. Uh-huh. Like, huge ones. Um, huh. They have $95 million in annual sales uh, and thousands of inmates at work at this place. Uh, it's one of the largest prison operation, prison labor operations in America. Uh, and what's odd is that they, 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 they sort of use it as like a test case for the fact that they don't use taxpayer money because they offset it with this business of selling road signs. Yeah. And it, that fully funds the operation in like the prison. But what I don't really get though is that it's because you're paying people twenty six cents an hour. That you're not paying people like it's not like these people in prison are sending money to their kids outside of prison to like yeah as like you know support. Yeah, I mean I don't know what these guys are in there for. This uh, was a medium security prison. Yeah. I think the people Drug there have maybe like done that. some like maybe armed robberies and some things that are not good. And maybe, and I do think some of them are murderers. But um, I think I saw a statistic, and this this is a leading statistic in prison reform. But uh, like fifty percent of the inmates in America mm-hmm. are locked up for nonviolent crimes. So like drug use, which I don't really understand why we're locking people up drug for possession. it. Possession. Yeah. 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 Um, but anyways, you could be driving down the road and seeing a sign made by a bunch of prisoners. That's awesome. Uh, supposedly the prisoners feel a lot of pride behind these signs when they get out they like oh i made that sign and they they have like a source of pride which kind of brings to another aspect of this that like honestly people just want some like purpose in yeah. life you know like right. they even if they're prisoners making something they could find you know pride sure um and yeah gets into my larger <laughs> feelings on life michael right but uh but yeah that's all in in the other product you mentioned the license plates. Right. So yeah, if you order a vanity license plate, they'll be making <laughs> making those down in North Carolina. I don't Carolina. Even think just vanity ones. I think any of them, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but I just find it funny right. being like sporty mom. <laughs> yeah, who wants this one? <laughs> right. Open threesomes. <laughs> I don't exactly. Do you know what else prisoners make? I make uh, weapons. Yes, they do. Very, and they before, also probably before make like we go toilet, to weapons, toilet gen. Before stuff. we go to weapons and yeah. other things they make, can we bring? I just want to uh, point out one other prison that I found interesting. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's the Prison View Golf Course, which is a golf course maintained by the prisoners. Uh-huh. They can't play the course. Where is this? This is in Louisiana. I saw this. This uh, is right next yeah. to Angola, Louisiana. Yeah, no this this is the, the the Louisiana State Penitentiary, which is like one of the most dangerous ones in the in the United States. I'm yes. pretty sure. Uh, but yeah, they have a golf course that you can 
play. Green fees are, are ten bucks, five bucks for a cart. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You have to pass a background check before you go. Okay. Background check before you can make a tea time. Yeah. And uh, you, I think you can be like play can be stopped at any time based upon the warden's discretion. Okay. And you can have all your stuff searched in case you're like out there leaving something maybe to yeah one of the groundskeepers that comes like at night or during the days that they're uh-huh. not playing. Anyways, it's the only prison golf course. Can you bring your own cooler, or you have to buy beer there? Uh, <laughs> I don't think they allow no firearms, drugs, alcohol, or other contraband. Yeah, makes sense. Not limited to cameras, knives, etc. Huh. You can have knives. Seems like you can have a knife. Got to cut, cut up my apple, Michael, <laughs> on that third hole. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking we're gonna talk about weapons in a second, but like. A plastic golf tee would be oh yeah a Didn't think about that in in prison. Gotta get creative, yeah. Even a wooden golf tee, yeah. And you can do some damage to my eyeball with that. Oh yeah, I've reached into a bag. Yeah, it hurts. <laughs> a ball repair tool. Oh yeah. I mean, I wonder if they do confiscate those. They might. You can only use irons out there. No drivers. No drive. You don't need a tee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can hit the five wood off the deck. Yeah. Drive off the deck if you want to. But Drive no, off the- no, no, no tees. Yeah. All right. Let's go to our prison right. uh, weapon draft. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we've both been looking at prison weapons. These are this will range, I think, from the classics to the more uh, ingenious weapons. I believe. Yeah. Maybe maybe probably just like <laughs> that happened once somewhere and made a list. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of ones in Germany. I made saw. a made a BuzzFeed list somewhere or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so how are we gonna decide who goes first here? Uh, you're quarterbacking. You go. First. I go first this week. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go with the shank, a classic, a classic shank, typically made out of uh, the little metal spring out of a uh, out of the arch of a boot. You take that thing out, sharpen it up, put either like you know a cloth or paper handle on it, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. uh, like yeah. some newspaper. Yeah, you can just put it between your fingers, like when you balled up fist, and you can just do some damage to the jugular. Or so you're saying you, you put it up through your knuckle and kind of like punch into somebody? Yep. Okay. Well, it's like a fist fight from a distance, but it's a lot more. Oh, yeah, it's a lot more bloody. A lot more lethal. Mm. Yeah, so I'll go with the shank as my first one. Okay. Well, I'm going to go a little more um, ostentatious. Okay. I'm going to go with the razor whip. Razor whip. Razor whip. Yeah, the classic. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Maybe take some, uh, take some razor blades uh-huh. and you can buy down at the... The, the commissary. The commissary. I don't think you can buy them. I don't think that, you man. can. Yeah. Somehow you get them in. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, maybe take like your uh, uh, shoelace. Create like a little razor whip. Now, is that a German product you saw? I think that one was in the United States. Nice. But maybe I'm wrong. Classic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think you go You go twice here. Oh, yeah. We're so snake drafting. Yeah, so I don't have to go. Uh, well, I'm going to go. I saw this was another one I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, simple. It's going to work. Okay. I think it'll hurt. Uh-huh. Uh, a sock and lock. Yeah, that was my second one too. Damn. Yep. Uh, yeah, you got there. it. You got it. Yep. I did not think you would take same, that one. Same works with like I think bars of soap uh-huh. or uh, some quarters, a bunch of change, a bunch yeah. of nickels. I don't. I have some other things on here that I worry like they got to work in like oh, time. Yeah. You know what you I mean? You put a padlock in a tube sock and you hit somebody in the head with that. That's thing? gonna hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Sock and um, lock. <laughs> I feel like we probably saw a lot of the same ones. My my second one is going to be uh, a shiv made out of candy. Mm. So like a Jolly Rancher. That's when I saw that or, was my next uh, one. Or uh, just some kind of hard candy. You melt it down. Mm-hmm. And then uh, once it's kind of melted down, you can form it into like a really sharp. I mean, you've sucked on a candy cane before. You can get, you can get sharp as hell. Yeah, candy canes can things. get sharp. And the best part of it is. Uh, it's if, delicious. Well, if you get caught, you just bite it. Yeah, yeah. You're just eating it. <laughs> You're good. Yeah. You're like candy. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. 
Yeah, I, I watched a video of a guy making a Jolly Rancher shiv. That was good. Okay. All right. Wait. Uh, oh, turn. yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Sorry. So candy shiv was my number two. Uh, third, I'm going to go with the water bomb. Damn it, Michael. <laughs> that was my next one. <laughs> I was going to go. You got to be very tactical with I this. I think in future drafts, be very be, tactical. Yeah, in future drafts, there will be more things to choose from. <laughs> I mean, I got a list of eight but, things here. Yeah, the water bomb. Uh, <laughs> water, you fill explain up, the water bomb. Yeah, you, so you fill up like a bag uh, of water, essentially, like a you know, like a trash bag full of water. Yeah. Holds 20, 20 to forty liters of water, which yeah. can weigh anywhere from like twenty two to forty four pounds, which is like three times more than a bowling ball. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, read the same article, <laughs> and you drop that from like the third floor. Yeah, you kill somebody. Yeah, yeah. Well, they said. Drop it from up there. By the time it's hit, by the time it hits somebody, it's going like eighty miles an hour. Right, nearly eighty miles an hour. Right, yeah, that's gonna hurt. So yeah, water bomb. But you do got to be tactical. You know, like can't miss. No, well, you can't miss, and then you also you got to plan it. You got to be like, oh, Debo's over there. Right, this thing. Right, John's over there. He's got to. You got to get him. Yeah, I like that one. Water bomb. (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna go with. uh, I'm gonna go with the zip gun. The zip gun. Yeah. I think this one you actually got to have like bullets brought in, ah. but it basically uses what looks like a um, paper paper clip gun kind of thing. Staple? Staple gun. Uh-huh. Yeah, paper clip gun. Staple gun, and yeah, you put somehow get the bullets in there. Uh, so it's just really, a homemade gun, basically. It's kind of like a homemade gun. So when you have like- I uh, worry, if it, this is what I mean, I worry that it would work when I'd need it to. It wouldn't work? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think those, like you see them talking about homemade guns in prison, they- it, the, it looks pretty innocuous when it's disassembled. Right, right, right. So it just looks like, oh, it's just you know some of my tools. Yeah. Then you put it together. It's a gun. You can fire it off. Yeah. All right, what's your last one? My last one, I'm going to go with um, Shiv and a Hidden Cross. <laughs> you take the long end of the sh- of the cross off, uh-huh. and it, and so it like opens a, up like to a, a Shiv. crucifix necklace yeah. or something. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm gotcha. I'm a man of God. Right. Yeah. Um, Sounds like it. Yeah. You know that good weapon. Need uh, it for protection. I'm between two on my last one, but I am going to go with uh, the num- nunchucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Made out of a bed sheet and uh, chair legs. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> this sounds ridiculous. Yeah. This guy makes like uh, some, I think this is probably used one time, if, if at all. And uh, yeah, so you just take some nunchucks, you take some chair legs and you tie a bed sheet to them and you yeah. just <laughs> beat the shit out of somebody with it. I mean, I could see that hurting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And if it breaks, you still got two chair legs you can just hit on people right. with. Um. So I think yeah, I think this like draft or this uh, selection show will be part of shows going forward when when, oh. when, ap- when applicable. If we can fit it in, which we're gonna try. Yes, I like it. Uh, you got anything else to wrap up prisons? Um, not too much. I looked into a little bit about uh, the Stanford prison experiment. Uh-huh. Do, you, do you know anything about that? I've heard that before. It gets into a little bit more about like the humanity of people uh-huh. like how you know guards can become so ruthless yes and, that's right you divide um, up a room of who's guards who's prisoners and it ends up with the guards just being assholes all the yeah time, yeah more so than that i think yeah but it's kind of a downer cool go look it up yeah stanford prison experiment good movie go spend you spend you know 45 minutes here wasting time go do something good with your time and read about the stanford prison experiment now. yeah yes well i hope um, you enjoyed the new single topic discussion i think we did know a lot more about it it was like kind of a lot more fun yeah i thought that it was definitely i enjoyed the conversation more than just uh yeah pretending to listen to what you were saying same so that's good our topic for next week we are going to be talking about the wwe world wrestling entertainment 
We're hoping to have a guest on with it, uh, with that show. So stay tuned for next week. And I hope everybody has a great weekend. We will see you all in a week. See ya.